Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 84. In today's show, Shai and I will be talking with Nathan Hirsch, founder and CEO of FreeUp. He has been an entrepreneur in the e-commerce industry since 2009 and started FreeUp in 2015 after spending seven years interviewing, hiring, and training remote workers. As business owners, we are seeking ways to find more time in our day. Often we are doing tasks that can and should be delegated or subcontracted out in order that we can concentrate on the strategic thinking that is vital to the direction and growth of the business. But what tasks are the best candidates for remote work and how do we go about finding competent, reliable, and trustworthy remote staff at affordable costs? Nathan decided there must be a better way for companies to hire remote workers without having to spend hours interviewing and finding the most reliable people. A year later, and FreeUp is a rapid-growing company interviewing hundreds of worker applicants each week and providing remote workers for hundreds of clients. Let's hear what insight Nathan has gained along the way and how business owners can make changes today to accelerate growth tomorrow. Good morning, Nathan. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Uh, it's great to have you on the show today. Nathan, you're in an interesting topic area for our listeners. Remote teams and outsourcing. What actually got you involved in this segment? Yeah, so I've had kind of an interesting journey that took me from a broke college kid looking for extra beer money, wanting to be an entrepreneur because I had these different internships and I knew that I didn't want to enter the real world and get a nine to five job, to buying textbooks and reselling them to try to make more money than the bookstore, which kind of led me to Amazon.com because you don't sell books for a while without learning about Amazon, becoming addicted to Amazon and wanting to do more than just sell books and not wanting to carry books around to a lot of different trial and error and a lot of failure and eventually figuring out how to drop ship, which is selling stuff you don't normally have, and then buying it from a supplier and getting it sent right to the customer so you don't have to touch anything, and really just growing a booming college multi-million dollar business out of my dorm room. And from there, I was kind of thrown into the fire. I was a young entrepreneur. We were making money. We were having success. We were growing. And I just couldn't do it all myself. So I started hiring the people around me, which at that time was was college kids. And I had a lot of mixed results. I hired my business partner, Connor, who was one of my first hires, and he's been working with me eight years later. And I also found myself in a position that I had to fire a lot of my friends. Uh, it didn't go that well, and I wasn't getting a lot out of them. And I had to really divide that business and personal line. And when I graduated and I got away from having all these college kids around me that I could hire, I really had to look at other ways to find the workers and the talent that I needed. And a buddy of mine that was on my softball team told me about Upwork, which was Odesk at the time, and I became addicted and I wanted to build that Odesk army, so to speak, of remote workers. And I did, and I started hiring from all over the world, learning a lot about it. 
And I just realized how easy it was to accelerate my business because when you hire from the people around you, you're just so limited on the talent that you can access. Whereas if I start recruiting from all around the world, I can get a top marketer, a great customer service person that's affordable and all these different people from all over the world. So that's what really got me into remote hiring. But I also learned how hard it is and how much time it consumes going interview through interview and going through lots of resumes. So I really went from running this Amazon store to creating free up, which is, in my opinion, a better way to hire remote. It's amazing how, in this case, the internet really has provided the vehicle for making all of this happen. But you represent a wealth of information and history and knowledge of trial and error. What businesses and what activities seem to be very outsourceable? So my background is e-commerce. I mentioned Amazon, and that kind of expands to eBay, and Walmart has a marketplace now, and people have their own websites now that you can build them very easily with Shopify and WordPress. So anyone that runs an online store, hiring remote workers becomes essential. You can hire people to answer your customer service from the Philippines. You can hire someone to run Google ads to drive traffic to your store. And just having those people in office is not only unnecessary, but it often costs more. It leads to more drama which is something that I really hated when I opened up an office, which was one of my worst business decisions. And expanding past e-commerce, anyone that owns an online business or that has a website, maybe you're a real estate agent and you want someone to follow up with all your leads, or you could even be a doctor and a lawyer and you want to market your business and get higher ranked on Google. So it's kind of started off as e-commerce. Yeah, you can do it because you have products you have to sell and people have to answer customer emails. But now it's gotten to the point where I have clients that have nothing to do with e-commerce that have just realized that it's unnecessary to hire workers in-house anymore unless you need a janitor or a warehouse manager or something like that. Yeah, you can see if you have bricks and mortar business and you need people locally, that's one thing. But if you're trading mostly online, like you said, I mean, you just open yourself up to a whole nother marketplace. Yeah. And I mean, I even had a client who's been running a brick and mortar store for over 10 years. And one day she realized that she has to build a website. So she went and hired remote workers and started this whole second revenue stream using my workers. And it kind of shows that even if you have that brick and mortar, even if you have a business that really isn't online yet, you can really take it to the next level by hiring remote workers and getting that online presence. Yeah, I love that thought, too, because, you know, we're encouraging so many business owners to take a look at ways of bringing in recurring revenue and leveraging that existing bricks and mortar business to get into e-commerce at some level. Some of them don't know where to start. Right. And it can be a real challenge to try to figure out how to do that. And this is a way to really reduce your risk while you're exploring a new space. Yeah, and you're right. A lot of people don't know where to start. So I kind of have two philosophies when it comes to hiring remote workers. If you already have your process and systems in place, you've had some success, you have that online presence, and you just find yourself overwhelmed, you just have too much to do on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis, then you start hiring people to become your assistants, to work underneath you, to learn your processes and really do them for you repetitively so that you can focus on sales, marketing, and expanding your company. The other side of that is if you don't know what you're doing and Let's say you have a brick and mortar store, you have something of value that you want to take to the next level. 
Instead of spending the next six months to a year learning how to make your own website or learning how to do digital marketing, which is a big opportunity cost, instead hire a remote expert to come in and do an audit and create a game plan with you and obviously make sure you get the right talent. But it's relatively affordable to get that estimate, to get that plan, and you can work with them to tweak it. And then once you approve it, you can get them to execute it. So if you're a customer service person or if you're good at making cupcakes, focus on what you're good at and hire someone to do the marketing and build your website and the stuff that you're not good at and do it at a very high level so you don't have to. Nathan, when I've decided I've got something that I can outsource, I really need some help in a certain area. Uh, It may be in the website. It may be um, something repetitive that I can package to them. What's my first step as far as searching in the recruiting side? I look for three things. First of all, you can go to a lot of different places to find workers. I'm obviously going to say to check out my website, freeup.com with three E's because we make it faster and easier. Instead of going through lots of different applicants, we pre-vet them for you. We get hundreds of applicants a week and you just submit a worker request and we fill that request with top talent where other marketplaces are more job boards where you post a job and have to filter them through yourself. But even if you submit a worker request to me, you still are going to meet that worker and you have to know what you're looking for. So for me, I'm looking for three things. First of all, I'm looking for skill because I want someone with years of experience, someone who's worked with other big businesses before, someone that has a track record of success. FreeUp is not a marketplace for newbies. For my business, I'm at a level where I don't want to hire newbies. There is a time and a place for it where maybe you have a process that's so repetitive that you can hire someone cheap and train them from scratch, and that's great. But for the most part, I want someone with skills and experience. Next, I want someone with a great attitude. I want someone who loves working, who's a workaholic, that works fun for them. Someone who's positive and doesn't hurt the people around them, doesn't cause drama, doesn't bring extra stuff to the table that I don't want there. And then third, I'm looking for communication because I don't care how talented you are. If you can't communicate with me and communicate with my team at a high level, it's never going to work out. And at a basic level, they have to speak my language at a high level. But even more than that, I want constant updates. I don't ever want to chase a worker down, especially if they live across the world. I want someone that is easy to get a hold of, that's constantly coming to me instead of me going to them, that has multiple methods of communication, that can send me reports and provide me details and think ahead of me and be more organized than even I am. So those are the three things that I'm looking at before I even hire someone for a job. And Nathan, you're obviously hiring hundreds of people. What do you do to increase your chances of making a great hire? Yeah, a lot of it is learning from past experience. I mean, I remember when I started hiring for my Amazon store, I need someone to list products. And I found this worker for a dollar or two an hour. And this was one of my first experiences outsourcing. I was like, wow, this is great. We can get so much done. I started training with them. And three weeks later, I was still training with them. And I was just wasting a lot of time. And I would have been better spent paying someone five or six bucks an hour from all the time that I wasted. So knowing what you're looking for is step one. Knowing how to train them is really step two. Having different training materials so that you're not doing one-on-one training and wasting time. Having tests and and things that you can try them on. I like making YouTube videos of different processes so I can have them watch it and then repeat it back to me because I can tell pretty quickly. 
whether or not they're going to be a fit and whether they can learn and, and actually understand the material instead of memorize it. And on the communication side, we have 15 pages of communication guidelines that our workers have to memorize and get tested on. And that's a lot of information, but it's stuff that really takes it to the extreme from how often or how early you have to give people notice before you take a day off or go on vacation and knowing that e-commerce is in the fourth quarter and giving even more notice then and giving updates. And, and when you give estimates, not waiting until the last day to be like, hey, I need to extend this, really going above and beyond and being proactive. And we have 15 pages of this stuff, and it's all based on bad experiences that I've had in the past. So when we're vetting people and we're going through interviews, we're testing them, we're seeing how quickly they learn and whether they actually bring something to the table. We're obviously looking for their attitude on how they talk and how they speak. But we're also looking for any red flags that could possibly come up, whether it's personal issues that might interfere with work that might give our clients a bad experience to not being able to speak or understand certain things in English. There's just so many red flags that we've seen over the past eight years of hiring that we're looking for to try to weed out and get that top 1% into our network. And Nathan, how is a business owner going to protect some of their intellectual properties? Do they sort of wall off anything going to this remote worker or is there a balance? Yeah. So the best thing you could do is build trust with your workers and, and really stagger how much critical information you give them. I mean, very few of my workers start in on day one, unless they're a bookkeeper of mine and get access to my bank accounts and financial information. But at the same time, there's always going to be a risk. And you kind of have to accept that there is that risk. Even if you hire your best friend to sit right next to you, the second you give them access to that information, there's always a chance that they make a bad decision. Now, we have NDAs, and I'm sure other people have stronger NDAs than ours, even though ours is pretty strong, but that only gets you so far, and it still doesn't guarantee anything. So I kind of look at it like this. I've been doing this for eight years. I've never had someone significantly steal anything from me. I can't even remember someone stealing something from me. I've been running free up for three years. We've never had any issues. We build thousands of hours every week. Chances are, if we continue to grow and build a lot of hours, at some point, something's going to happen. There's nothing I can do to make that percentage zero. But you also have to look at the other side of it. These workers care a lot more about being my network and getting jobs than they do about stealing your information. Instead of applying to jobs, we provide them for jobs quickly and have a quick interview process once they're in our network. So they care a lot more about providing for their families and keeping their job and not getting kicked out of our network than they do about stealing our client information. And you really have to look at the percentages and that's how I go about it. And what kind of models do you use for communications with the client and the outsourced worker? What seems to work best? So we understand that every client's different. So we give clients a lot of different ways and, and my workers will communicate with them however they want to. I have some clients that like Skype or prefer only email or there's WhatsApp and Viber and Google Hangout and even Facebook. I have some clients who will only communicate with a worker through Facebook message and that's fine. Me personally, I'm a big Skype person. It lets me start group chats easier. It has everyone all in one place. I can see how people talk. I can do videos when necessary, although I don't do a ton of that with international workers. And then I use email when necessary. And then I use some kind of productivity app. Like I use Trello. I have a lot of clients that use Asana. And you can really use however you want with my workers. So Nathan, in your experience, for someone who's never tried this before, but really knows that there are some things that they could be delegating right now at some level in their business, give us like the top three no-brainer things that a business owner should stop doing right now and try to find some help with that could free up the most time. 
Yeah. So the first thing is bookkeeping. Unless you're a certified bookkeeper, you shouldn't be doing any of this stuff. And this is one of my biggest regrets. I spent the first four to five years in the company manually entering information into QuickBooks because I would buy all these different products from all these different vendors and all these different credit cards. And then once a year, I was like, oh my God, I have to get all this information in QuickBooks for my accountant, and I would do it myself. Whereas if I could do it over again, and what I do now is I have people from different parts of the world that know how to do it even better than I do, and they just go about and do it when I send them the information. The next thing is customer service. I answered customer service on my Amazon store for way too long. There are people that have 10 years of customer service experience that can really bring something to the table and help standardize and and create better responses than me. And that's one of the things that you look at the company and you're like, it's my baby. I care about my customers. No one can do it better than me when really there are situations where they can. So that would be number two. And then number three is any type of data entry or lower level jobs that you find yourself doing over and over. It could be your email account, which I have someone wake up at four o'clock every morning and clear out my inbox of emails that don't necessarily require my attention, maybe standard questions that we get asked over and over again, um, or different client signups or follow-ups or stuff like that. But in every business, there's just those repetitive tasks that I would consider between data entry and maybe some basic writing that you might spend an hour or two of your day on that you can be focused on sales and marketing instead of doing it. So those are the three things that I would take off your plate right from the beginning. Nathan, that's fantastic advice. Is there anything else our business owners should be considering or any other resources? Yeah, so it's a good question that I got asked a lot over the past few years, really since I started free up and started to promote myself and my theories. And so what I did with my business partner is we put it all together in a book called Free Up Your Business, 50 Secrets to Bootstrapping Million Dollar Companies, because we've now bootstrapped two companies with zero funding. The first one was with $20. The second one was with $5,000. And the reason that we have had so much success is we have a lot of the same principles, the same values, the same way that we treat people and really the same goals as entrepreneurs. But the cool thing about us is other than that, we're totally different people. We like different things. We have very different skill sets. He's much more of a content and marketing and people person guy, which I'm much more of a processes and really by the book, like let's get stuff done and short term where he's more long term. So we work very differently, but we work very well together because we know what he's good at and we know what I'm good at and what we're not good at. So A lot of the stuff in the book from using trial and error to diversifying and making sure that you're minimizing risk at all time, especially as a startup, is really beneficial as you're growing your business. So we put this all together in a book with those 50 secrets. It just launched, so we're really excited about that. We spent over a year writing it. So far, the free copies that we've given out or the people that bought it have given us great feedback, and we're really excited about it. That's great, Nathan, and good luck to the both of you on the success of that book. Uh, It's just fresh on the shelves. Nathan, we really enjoy having you today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. And is there anything else that you'd like to leave with our owners? Yeah, so definitely check out the Free Up blog. We post a lot about hiring and managing, even if you might not be ready to hire yet or you just have some questions right on freeup.com with threes. You can book a meeting right with me. I'd love to talk to you about your business and what you're looking to do. You can sign up for free as a client. There's no monthly fee. There's no sign-up fee. You can request a worker and meet a worker whenever you want with no commitment and no minimums. You can check out our online hiring mastermind group on Facebook where you can talk with other business owners that are also into hiring and have really expanded their businesses with hiring and ask them questions. And we kind of monitor that as well. Obviously, you can check out our book and you can also find me on different social 
social media channels as well as Skype. So I'm very easy to contact. And if you mention this podcast, you get $1 off your first worker forever. Our guest today has been Nathan Hirsch, founder and CEO of FreeUp and co-author of Free Up Your Business, 50 Secrets to Bootstrapping Million Dollar Companies. You can learn more about Nathan as well as find links to his recent book, as well as an ebook on the 10 most common mistakes of outsourcing in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. This episode has been sponsored by Aligned for Business. That's Aligned, the number four, business.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.